0: You are listening to Mars Attacks Podcast, a member of Talking Metal Digital and the Cast Iron Ring.
1: Hi, it's Vinny And I play with a bunch of bands you might know, like Black Sabbath and Dio. And you're listening to Mars Attacks Radio. Crank it up.
2: Welcome, one and all, to episode 86 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor M. Ruiz. No, the M does not stand for Mars. (laughs) But uh, yeah, that's actually my real middle initial. Isn't an Inve Malmsteen thing either, as Mark Striegel once brought up during an episode of Talking Metal in which I was a part of with him on the Talking Metal live stream. We're going to be taking a short break from doing those live shows, Mark and I, but uh, we've been getting some great feedback with other guest co-hosts. These shows will be branded as Mars Attacks for now until we figure out exactly what's going to go on Uh, with that, with whatever that is or it is that, Mark and I do on the stream, but nonetheless, the idea is to run as many live shows on Friday nights, eight p.m. Eastern, five p.m. Pacific, and we'll probably take that all the way up to about ten p.m. Eastern, seven p.m. Pacific time. Get sort of the engines revving for. I know a lot of you people out there listen to Eddie Trunk on Friday nights, especially those of you in the New York. New Jersey metropolitan area, area which I grew up in. As I've mentioned before on previous shows, I think I was 13 years old when, you know, when I first found out who Eddie Trunk was. I just turned 40 last year, so you do the math. Eddie's been around for a while, and he used to uh, used to do the the metal news at midnight on Friday nights. During a show that Cheryl Richards, I believe her name was, that uh, she would do on WDHA, on, yeah, WDHA 105.5 FM, that station, actually has some historical significance, Uh, it was the first to broadcast in stereo in the US, and the first to play something coming off of a CD, so there you go. The station started out in my hometown of Dover, New Jersey, and over the years they moved up to Randolph, and now they're in, I guess, what's considered Morris Plains, I guess, still in New Jersey. Not that far away, Uh, but it's funny because when they do the actual call letters and everything, they still mention Dover. But uh not sure if their antennas are still up there. They they used to have the antennas up in Randolph. I'd heard a while back that they were moving those over behind where the station was at. Uh, funny thing, when that station moved over, there's a YMCA right next to there. And my cousin and I grew up as big, big, big-time hockey fans. And we were told that if we wanted to play, you know, um... Uh, good, a good pickup game on Friday to to go to this Y. So we show up, full gear, rollerblades, the whole nine yards. And the oldest kid there was something like eight years old. So <laughs> uh, it was funny. Well, you know, if you guys still want to play, mm, going to have to pass there, pal. But anyway, kick things off with a little viniapacy there behind the drums on the ever-so-classic title track to the 1982s Mob Rules. Uh, That's where most people were first acquainted with Vinny. Obviously, he's gone on to have a very long and illustrious career. His career started way before that. This is the third time that I've interviewed Vinny, and he's always dropped various... Different uh, gems of information like that he had he had been asked to be part of Ozzy's original band, and there's some that out there that it was funny. There were there's someone that uh, is within a Kiss group that I'm a part of on Facebook. That Mister Donny G, who could be heard at the beginning of the last episode, I was trying to coerce him to come on and talk about the whole. Kiss Fiasco with the Hall of Fame. And what I wanted to do was bring him on because he has a a different opinion to what I have. And obviously there are a lot of different camps involved, a lot of different opinions involved, a lot of rumors involved. I've heard various rumors as to why they're not playing. And, you know, you also have to consider that the Hall is putting the screws to the band as much as possible and to the fans, you know, for as much as you guys want to point out Gene or Paul or or Peter or Ace as being an issue, the Hall is really doing everything that they can to put the screws to the band. So, I mean, they're just as much to blame as anyone else, in my opinion. We touch upon the Hall of Fame within the episode. We touch upon a lot of different things during the episode. Uh, we touch upon the fact of... Vinny sort of thinking that if Sabbath ever went into the Hall of Fame, uh, whether or not he would be inducted or not, he touches upon that. Touches upon Zach Wild's opinion of whether Sabbath is actually Sabbath with Dio or with Ozzy. And we touch on a a bunch of different very interesting projects that Vinny has been involved in and actually one project that he just left, Kill Devil Hill. Uh, This episode, I mean... I wanted for it to come out last week, and as most of you that listened to the last episode heard that I would lost my job, and uh, my last day at my job was yesterday, so it was just sort of an odd week last week where things just ramped up, and it got busy as hell, and uh, for those of you that don't know, I'm over in Spain, so I was working until 1 a.m. my time, which is basically uh, 6 p.m. Eastern on most days. I was working... uh, you know, ten hours plus a lot of days, and you know it was just sort of bittersweet because that's how things used to always be, and that's how we made our money. And if you know, if if things were like that more often, then I wouldn't have been let go. Let's put it that way. I mean, I don't want to burn any bridges. It's something that I learned a long time ago because you never know where you're going to end up or what references you you might need. So, uh, I was thankful for the experience and hope that we can move on to uh, better things. Or if, you know, things work out or pan out as the company thought, maybe I would be brought back at some point in the future. Who knows? We'll see. Um, So, yes, what I was trying to get at was that I wanted to release this episode at the end of last week because obviously the whole Kill Devil. Hill News were was a little fresher at that point in time. Maybe I should have released this before the KISS-centric episodes that I did because there's going to be more KISS stuff. What I was going to do was group this together with an episode that contains Scott from Focus on Metal talking about branding and bands, what they should be allowed to do if they own various copyrights. It's still you know touching upon the whole KISS thing. And what we're going to do is we're going to try to bring that to you later on this week. And we're going to bring you this Vinny episode today. I think that a lot of people will enjoy what we have to talk about. And, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a longtime Vinny fan. As a drummer, uh, Vinny has a definite, you know, just a definite style, a definitive style. And, and I always mention this. A lot of people point to Sabbath as being the... Fathers of stoner music, of doom metal. And, I, you know, I have to agree. I think early Kiss, I think the Hotter Than Hell album has a lot to do with that also. It's funny how many people over the years have told me, how many artists have told me, you know what, Charlie Benante actually, Hotter Than Hell is my favorite Kiss album. And I said, even with that, you know, murky, syrupy, you know, mix, he goes, yeah, I love it. You know, that just makes the album all that much heavier. And I honestly think that Vinny's playing, just the way that he plays, especially the way that he's on the ride cymbal, is very influential to a lot of players, very influential, excuse me, to a lot of players that have come after him, especially in this genre. Uh, Bill Ward was a lot closer to... Say like a Peter Chris, where he was more of a swing-based or a jazz-based drummer. So Vinnie was more—I don't know if you want to say more technically sound. Uh, it's just different. It's apples and oranges. A lot of things that you know Bill Ward did was out of—you know—a lot of stuff was out of out of time, out of sync, and it's part of the beauty of. You know that time period in music a lot of things are just so homogenized nowadays with having to play to a click having to play to this having to play to that it's funny i mean if if you've been listening to the show for a while you know that i've been you know in the in the process of the last few years with all the other crap that i've had going on i've tried to record some music and stuff and it's just funny to try to get you know some ideas across to people and, you know, have songs that sound a little different from track to track and hear people say, you know, this isn't going to work. Well, why not? Because the styles are too different. You know, if you want to line it up, you know, most people, you know, an album from start to finish, you know, their click is set at a certain, you know, uh, beats per minute, and they don't vary all that much from that. Maybe it's 10 up, 10 down, and I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, <laughs> you know? A, no one's going to buy this. B, I just want to record this for the hell of it. And yeah, okay, I understand that things need to be concise and you know they have to follow a certain format, but just to say, okay, we're going to neuter this bastard before he starts. Uh, What's this? This song sounds like Kiss? Now, we can't have that with another track that sounds industrial or a track that sounds like The Misfits or a track that sounds like you know, swampy, stoner-heavy, grooving-type stuff. I don't know. I just don't get it. But anyway, you know, yes, I think that Vinny is a very influential drummer that doesn't get the credit that he deserves. And I think that a lot of people, you know, don't realize that. Oh, no, you know, they think of the original four in Sabbath as being the only four almost. You know, there's a certain crowd that just thinks that. But I think that they're mistaken with the drumming, and I'm a big, big Bill Ward fan. Don't get me wrong. I've gotten to a lot of debates on how I feel that he's more important than John Bonham was to a lot of metal drummers also. Um, maybe that opinion has changed a little over the years, or maybe, depending on the day that you catch me, you know, maybe into Zeppelin a little more than Sabbath or whatever, but two great drummers from the Birmingham area, obviously. Uh, but I do think that Vinny does, again, is very influential. And for all my friends talking about how Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer should or shouldn't be you know, honored or whether they're good players or not within KISS or, or whatever, a lot of people are calling them scabs. Would you consider Ronnie James Dio and Vinny Apicey scabs? Because they joined Sabbath. I wouldn't. <laughs> you know. I think a lot of times we get a little too overcritical And. Try to overanalyze things. And realize that. You know. It's a four way relationship. And not. It's not always going to work out the way that you want it as a fan. I think sometimes we really have to appreciate. What a band puts out. And how good it is. In that time frame and during, you know, whatever it is that they have going on. I've gotten into this debate about Black Sabbath's 13, where people have said, eh, it's a boring album, you know, it'll never compare to the original five five albums. Right. Nothing that will ever come out will compare to those if those are your favorite albums. If you're looking to all of a sudden hit reset, and find a new favorite album of all time, I doubt this is going to do it. But for a kid that's listening to this for the first time, it depends on you know what space of mind they're in, what place they are in their life. Maybe thirteen's their favorite Sabbath album because they've just discovered the band, and this is something new that they picked up, they saw in the store. It's the first thing that they listened to. And it's your favorite. A lot of times you pick something as your favorite, but you can also recognize that it's not the best thing that the band has ever put out. I mean, I know a lot of people that when we did the classic albums uh, column for Iron Maiden's Power Slave, where people wrote in and said, you know, Power Slave is a great album, but Peace of Mind is their greatest album for this reason or the other reason or, or whatever. I've had plenty of people do things similar. So uh, that's nothing new. I mean, for me, I'll say it time and time again. My favorite Sabbath album is The Humanizer. Why? Point in time when it came out, 92, was graduating high school, were a lot of question marks in the air. And that drum sound is just killer. I mean, if I list. It's my favorite Sabbath album, and it's possibly my second favorite album of all time. My number one being Kisses Creatures of the Night. Number two, gotta be Black Sabbath. the Humanizers, just that drum sound, just the way that you listen to it, it mesmerizes you, it pounds you, it drives those songs. It just takes that album to another level. And it was weird because when I heard the first Heaven and Hell release, or the only studio Heaven and Hell release, to be honest with you, when I heard it, I was like, it's lacking that drum sound. And that's something that I talked to Vinny about way back when. And unfortunately, Tony Iommi isn't a fan of how those drums were produced. So that's why we've never heard anything like that on a Sabbath album again. And it's a shame, because I do think that it, Brings everything to another dimension. Hey, we never heard another Kiss album that has that big, over-the-top, bombastic, bombastic sound that Creatures of the Night has. So, anyway, want to remind you people, you can follow us right on Facebook, Facebook.com/forward/slash. I almost said talking med- Talking. I'm tripping all over my words today. I almost said Talking Metal Digital. You can follow Talking Metal Digital as well. I'll get to that in a second. But go to Facebook.com forward slash Mars Attacks Radio. Go to Twitter. You can follow us. You can follow me either at VMR907, which is where Mark Striegel tends to copy me at with the follows and all that. I need to get better with all that Twitter stuff to help spread the word. Uh, You could also follow this show because whatever I post on the Facebook page also goes out on Twitter. Well, you could follow that right at Mars Aries 2005. Uh, We've also got a Google Plus page, which I'm going to start to use more because apparently that gets us more visits and anything that we can do to get more visits is, is a good thing. Uh, we're going to check out other avenues where you can listen to us. Obviously, you could stream anything off of the homepage, Marsataxradio.com. If you don't want to download it, uh, you're at work or whatever and you can't download it, but you can access the page and you want to listen in, that's cool. Just stream it directly from the site. You could also download the episodes from the website or from Stitcher if you're on an Android phone. Or from the iTunes store, subscribe. Please leave a comment, good, bad, or indifferent. Whatever it is that you leave there is great. And help spread the word. Help tell your friends all about what we do. What I do here at the Mars Attacks radio show and podcast. Uh, The radio shows, again, run on Talking Metal Digital, which can be listened to directly from the MarsAttacksRadio.com homepage. You've got a player there on the right-hand side. You can listen to the stream from there. You can also, if you have the Live 365 app installed on your smartphone or tablet, you can just look up um, Strigl, S-T-R-I-G-L, 123, and you can find Talking Metal digital stream. And I believe if you enter Talking Metal, you'll find it also. So one of those two options. You can also uh, listen to the stream 24-7. We've got all types of great music that I help program along with Mr. Mark Striegel. Also remember to check out my good friends at Cast Iron Ring, which Mars Attacks is a part of. The next episode has a fellow host from the Cast Iron Ring. He is Scott from Focus on Metal. We've also got Bob Nalbandian and his three shows. Uh, he's got Shockwave Skull Sessions. He's got the Shockwaves uh, Couch of Metal. And he's got the Shockwaves Hardradio.com podcast. There's also Wicked Ways Radio. There's the Hand Half Hour, Signal to Noise, uh, Wiki Metal down in Brazil, Radioactive Metal with Rock, John Caddick and his two podcasts, Iron City Rocks and Heavy Metal Book Club. And I should say that Aaron from Signal to Noise is also part of the Iron City Rocks podcast also. Was trying to get a guest on that I had recently heard on their show, and that's going to be pushed off to later this year. The guest will be commenting on something for the Classic Albums column. As well, so should be very, very cool. Uh, what else do we have going on? Oh, we also have the good old donation section of the site. If you can spare a buck, if you could spare more than that, great. Just go to donate right there on the right hand side and send us whatever love you can. And if you send us something, we will do similar to what our good friends at Talking Metal do. And we will play whatever song that you ask us to hook up for you. Uh, What else? You could also check out or another way of helping us out is by checking out the links at the bottom of the show notes. Going over to Amazon and purchase something by first clicking on the links and going over to their site. If you check out one of the albums that are featured or songs off of an album that are featured, cool. If not, if you click on that and go over to Amazon and purchase something else, we get a nice finder's fee while you pay nothing additional. So there you go. Uh, what else do we have going on here? Oh, a few corrections. While editing the interview, I noticed the following where I sort of paraphrase something that Zach Wilde says. I'm not trying to start a shitstorm here. I basically just wanted to, you know, bring this up as part of the interview with Vinny. Vinny obviously played with Dio, so I wanted to see what he felt about Zach's comments about Dio fronted Sabbath not being Sabbath. And you'll be surprised as to what Vinny's response is. I was paraphrasing. I realized that Zach brought this up somewhere else. Then he brought it up uh, with Eddie Trunk because Eddie brought it back up. Uh, People, this is all about opinions and things being subjective. There are a lot of... Boneheads out there that, for example, are arguing about Kiss to Death, and it's everyone's opinion. At the end of the day, what we think or what we say honestly has little to no influence on what happens with the band, to be honest. So, again, I'm paraphrasing what Zach says. Second, I say Patty Smythe at some point. Patty Smythe was the singer of Scandal. I meant Patty Smith, not Smythe. I was in the middle of the interview there and pronounced the names incorrectly. So, there you have it. I apologize for that. In any event, without any further ado, let me let me do something a little different. by uh, what I did with the live show was I let in with computer god And that's, for me, is the easy choice off of Dehumanizer. But Vinny talks about a Dio track, and we're going to get into that. The name of the track, and this is coming off of Angry Machines. We're going to get into that whole lineup that Vinny played with for the Angry Machines album. And this is called Institutional Man and for a lot of people they didn't want to accept this version of the Dio band because it was too heavy it was so different to what they were used to with Vivian and with Craig Goldie and that's more or less why Tracy after two albums was done and Craig was back so uh, let's check this track out I think it kicks ass I think this whole time period with Dio kicks ass there was a lot of pushing of the envelope it wasn't your same old same old which got a lot of people kicked off of labels i think he really stuck his neck out there had some incredible players with him which we're going to get into during the interview and this is just a great great track again this is institutional man and then after that and after that you'll hear my interview with Vinnie Appice Punctual as usual, Mr. Vinny Apicey on the phone. Vinny, how are you today?
1: <laughs> Punctual, I like that. I've never been called that. I'm good. How you doing, Victor?
2: I'm doing pretty good. good. Yeah, you're usually good for calling me, if not right on the button when we um, with the times that we've set up. Yeah. If not, you always tend to call me a few minutes early which is usually the opposite of everyone else. So, I look forward to talking to you because of that.
1: <laughs> it's better than no, a no-show, right?
2: Absolutely. The Nothing o- worse than that.
1: The only time that happens is when I'm mixed up and I go too many things going on and then I just mix it up and miss the call time. So, right. But well, uh,
2: we we have you on now and um obviously you've been in the news again um because of uh a recent departure from a band from kill devil hill a band that uh when we spoke a while back you actually started
1: yeah it's pretty funny the way this business can turn around you know and uh it's a band that i started i started it in the end of 2009 and started putting uh you know, some tracks down and then got uh, Dewey and Mark involved. And it wasn't until later in uh, the end, kind of into 2010, that we got Rex uh, Rex Brown involved, you know, because I know Rex from a long time and I called him and he was into it. So, uh, yeah, we just decided to part ways because of, it's not a musical problem at all. It was just a lot of uh, scheduling and a lot of different business things that were happening that weren't gelling and sinking, and it was better for them to continue on without me uh, and, and see what happens and try to make it work. And, you know, I got a lot of stuff I'm doing, and it was mutually agreed upon, so everybody seems to be happy.
2: Okay. Yeah, I was just going to say, there you're always involved in something. You always go on one of the music news sites and you always hear how you've recorded something with this band or with that band or whatever so you've always got your hands full so it's more of a case where they want to keep going and you still want to keep doing what you're doing
1: yeah I mean I would love to keep going with them but you know there's uh, a lot of other opportunities and and, uh, it comes down to you know how the band could survive, you know, it's hard for a new band to get out there and play. And right. you need a lot of money behind you. You need uh, good people behind you. And we did three and a half, four years of, uh, batting it out, you know, and even Rex and I were surprised how, you know, after three, three years on the road and had two albums out, it's like, wow, it's still, you know, the like same level almost, you know? So right. it takes a lot to get a band going. And, uh, It's it's a crazy business out there right now. So uh, you know, I would love to 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 to, that was my dream to have a band and become successful and just do that and that's what I did in the early days with Dio and Sabbath. And uh, but uh, you know, it doesn't pan out that way when (laughs) the band's not making any money. It's hard to survive, you know. And uh, I mean, I mean that as a band, you know, and uh, for everybody, you know, and everybody's been really working hard and and there's been no real rewards to it for anybody yet, so hopefully you know they'll do good, and uh everybody'll be happy again,
2: okay. did you have uh any sort of say in who was replacing you in the band?
1: No no, not at all uh at the end of the tour in November, you know we had a meeting and and uh and it was kind of decided then that I said, you know I think you you're better off getting somebody else, you know. And I think they started uh, putting the word out at that point, you know, the end of last year. So, no, no, I wouldn't have any say in it, you know.
2: Okay. You're also involved, obviously, in Last in Line, which is all of the former members of the original deal lineup plus uh, Andrew Freeman. Uh, One of the dumbest things that I've heard regarding the band, is that you guys are just doing this for the money, which to (laughs) me is one of the most idiotic things I've ever heard. If anyone, you know, followed your career, Vivian's career, and everyone else involved, it's not as if you guys went to, uh, you know, playing in cover bands in some pub after your time in Dio was over.
1: Uh, You're you're right. It's it's stupid. You know, first of all, there's not... Uh, you're talking about money, even this band, it it can make money, but you're not talking about getting rich off anything that, you know, we're getting together and we're getting a million dollars a show. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. You know, we're still playing, you know, smaller places and it's it's a great opportunity. We're not doing it for that. We're doing it because uh, it came together as a jam. Uh, We got together with Viv. He, he was up for a jam and, and Jimmy and Viv and I jammed and it was fun. And it was fun right. playing those old songs. The songs are still powerful. It was still some some fire there, you know. And then, right. and then we did it again. And then uh, I invited Danny down, and he started singing a couple of songs. And I was like, wow, this is cool, you know. And then we were all up for doing a little bit more. So we did some gigs, started with some gigs. We only did about eight gigs so far. And, uh, and they've been in Europe we went to Japan and then we did a couple out in California here and uh, we had a great time. It's a great band. You know, there's still magic between uh, me and Jimmy and Viv. There's just some, something special there. And Andy sings his ass off and he sings with passion and heart and it just gels well together. And then i tell you, you know, going out and playing these songs, and seeing the reaction of the fans, the people are just diehards, you know, for for, right. for, for Ronnie and these songs. And, and it's just amazing. You sit up there playing and go, wow, these songs are 30 years old. And these right. people are rocking their ass off to them. And that's a great feeling, you know. So when we went out and did the gigs and saw the reaction, we were all like, wow, this is incredible, you know. So we're having fun, mainly we're having fun. It's a great time. I look forward to going to rehearsals and writing sessions with these guys. Viv, uh, you know, I haven't seen him in a long time, and it's been great hanging with Viv. I love Viv and Jimmy. And and uh, so it's m- more for the music and more for, you know, let's let's – make music we got music left in us let's do it so it's more for the music than anything else so you know we're, we, we just started writing uh, a couple months ago for the for an album so we're going to do an album and then uh, we're going to do some dates after the summer when Viv finishes with Def Leppard so it's fun Great, good project
2: very cool is there any tentative date for the album being released or are you guys just taking this slowly
1: no we're taking it slowly right now uh there's a deal on the table. nothing's been signed yet and uh we' got a lot of excitement uh with with uh the you know the record company people so uh there's no date yet but, you know we we're, we're gonna try to record some stuff in April and we got to work around a cup my schedule and andy's schedule jimmy and and viv uh there's a lot of schedules so we hope to uh have it recorded maybe uh you know, by September, something like that. We might do some dates in September and then October do some recording and finish up the album. So it'll probably be out in Christmas or next year, I would say.
2: Okay, cool. And one thing that is coming out in a little bit is the new D.O. tribute album, This Is Your Life, and you played on Man on the Silver Mountain. And correct me if I'm wrong, you've played with everyone that appears on the track previously except for doug aldridge
1: right that's right doug played guitar jeff pilsen my good buddy my love jeff pilsen uh i'm a big jeff pilsen fan <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's he's just amazing and uh jeff played bass and then rob halford sang so yeah i played with jeff before and dio and other bands and rob halford i've uh played with him with sabbath he replaced ronnie yeah. on a couple of shows so uh, Doug was the only guy that really I haven't played with. Uh, there was talk a, a while back, uh, years ago, that uh, me, Doug, and Jimmy were going to try to start a band, you know, back in the 90s, but it never happened. So it was great to get the opportunity to play with Doug and uh, and do this for Ronnie's uh, fund and uh, it was really cool. We we didn't sing, we didn't play it with Rob in the studio. You know, we recorded the track. We changed it around a little bit too, which is cool. Doug had some great ideas, and Jeff, and and all of us, and we just twisted it around a little bit, recorded it, and then we sent the track to Rob, and uh, Rob did the vocal. I haven't even heard it yet, so I'm looking forward to hearing huh. it. Yeah, there's a big listening party here in L. A. on Monday. March seventeenth is that Monday? Yeah, March seventeenth, St. Patrick's Day. So, uh, yeah, so it's going to be fun.
2: Cool. Looks like a uh, a a really neat package that's come together there. A lot of pretty cool artists and. You know, similar to your track, a lot of collaborations that uh, look like they'll be pretty neat. A lot of times you see some of these tribute albums and it just looks sort of wonky. But this one looks like it's really going to kick ass. Well,
1: she, Wendy was great. Uh, she got a lot of Ronnie's friends together to do this. And everybody's so passionate about Ronnie and loves Ronnie, including myself, obviously, that this is really in everybody's heart more to do this than just to, oh, you, you know, this will be good publicity for me. It's nothing like that. Right. Everybody everybody involved is, is just doing it for Ron, you know, because uh, we all miss him and stuff. So this is going to be looks- something special. And it's a great album cover, too.
2: Yeah, looks pretty cool. What are your thoughts on how Ronnie's legacy is being handled after he's passed away? Uh, there are a bunch of different things that have come out since this Tribute album looks pretty cool. There are some other things that have come out that I don't know maybe to me as a fan is somewhat of a head scratcher, maybe, but <laughs> you obviously being you know part of the whole deal legacy. I wanted to ask you how you felt his legacy is being handled after he's gone
1: well, I think you you kind of summed it up. This is a cool, really cool thing you know that this album coming out, and some of the things. Uh, could be considered head scratching you know I can't really say because I'm not following what's coming out you know sometimes somebody tells me hey they just released a DVD with you on it oh okay (laughs) (laughs) you know I'm not really involved in what's coming out nor do I have a say but uh, you know sometimes people tend to think that you know it's just uh, too many things coming out you know Right. So I don't I don't really know because I don't know exactly what the hell's coming out. So but, gotcha. but you guys as fans, you know, you're the you're the final uh decision as to is this cool or is this, you know, not cool or why do they right. put this out. So but the the album's gonna be great. That's a cool thing.
2: Biggest head scratcher for me, Ronnie James Dio baseballs. I know he loved baseball. <laughs> but-
1: yeah, that's kind of a head scratcher, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> he loved baseball, but I don't know, you know, how he how he would feel about that, but uh it was something he loved baseball. It was the Yankees were his team too, so I don't know. would something I don't know. It's up to you guys to figure that one out.
2: <laughs> what do you think is the most underrated deal lineup you played with?
1: <laughs> underrated? Uh Yes. Well, I only played with the original, which kicked ass, and uh, the, the 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 lineup with Tracy G and Jeff Jeff Pilsen was playing bass. That was pretty pretty rad. Uh, it didn't go over well because I think Tracy was a darker guitar player than the people we used to, right? Ands we used to and Dio more melodic kind of guitar player. <clears throat> and Tracy came in with his own sound, his own solo sounds. I love the way Tracy plays, you know, I, I was with him in a band called World War Three with Jimmy Bain, and I really dug the sound of what he was doing and the heaviness and his guitars were all, all effed up and they looked apart, the you know, so, uh, but I think the fans were a little taken back by, holy shit, this guy, you know, this is a different direction and it's, a, it's quite a bit heavier and darker and so uh, I think that's the most underrated thing, and Jeff Pilsen on bass, you know Jeff's such a great bass player uh right. so i'd love I'd love to play with jeff uh as as a drummer and bass player that uh you know, he's just amazing uh to be around so that that was a great lineup
2: to me personally that would be the the best two lineups that Dio has had, but that's just me as a fan
1: yeah you know musically you win other places you know than staying down the middle and playing it safe so
2: yeah i i agree i mean i i totally think those albums with tracy were i mean just they're great they're they're very underrated and even though they're darker or whatnot there are a lot of really good tracks on there and mm-hmm. like you're saying they uh yeah th- they went in other directions that probably people didn't expect but yeah. i mean i I appreciated them. Actually, saying.
1: I heard a couple of tracks from Angry Machines. I don't know how I heard this from somewhere. <laughs> and I was, I was like, That's us? Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, that was some right. crazy shit on there, man. Wow.
2: Yeah. Yeah, his his playing's out there, definitely. Well,
1: one of those songs, Institutional Man, it was in like uh, a nine feel or 11 eighth, some weird timing. And Ronnie couldn't figure out what to sing on it, you know? And huh. So we sat down, you know, we're trying to figure out what the, what, what would work. And, and then I just told Ron, I said, don't listen to what we're playing. <laughs> <clears throat> just sing, just sing something. Right. And he did. And it worked, you know, because if you don't listen to it, then you could sing across it, you know, and he felt it. And then he wound up singing what he did by not listening to what we were playing. It was great.
2: I saw a recent video of you jamming at a uh, rock and roll fantasy camp with Zach Wilde and Rudy Sarzo, and it was crazy because all three of you have, you know, the Sabbath or Ozzy connection. And you actually admitted uh, in a in a previous um, interview with me that you were originally picked to play with that original Blizzard of Oz lineup. So it was almost as if you could say that was a you know a previous Ozzy lineup almost.
1: Yeah. Um uh, that that was back in 1980 I actually got a call from Sharon Osborne saying that she was putting a band together around Ozzy, you know, they heard about me and do I want to fly to England hang out with Ozzy see how it goes, you know, join the band. And then uh I was I was pretty young back then and I was like, wow, and that was when <clears> Ozzy <throat> just came out of Sabbath and things were pretty crazy with him. He was partying a lot and stuff. And uh, so I asked my brother Carmine, all the brother Carmine, for some brotherly advice. I said, brother, what do you think of this opportunity? Is he nuts? Is Ozzy crazy? And Carmine said, yeah, he's crazy, man. You know, so I turned it down. And then uh, luckily, a couple months later, I got a call from Sabbath. And that was a whole different thing. They were in L.A. I went down and it all gelled and worked and and happened. And then a couple of years later, my brother winds up playing with Ozzy. <laughs> so don't listen to your older brother. Sometimes it's bad advice. Nah, it was, it was, he's he was telling me the truth. But uh, yeah, so there was a connection with Ozzy there, and then uh, to play with Zach and and Rudy it was it was awesome. You know, Zach's a such a great player and cool guy, and uh, Rudy too, great bass player. So uh, it's interesting that that all, you know, it's all like you know musical incest. We're all playing together in different bands and different band we cross paths and that's what happens
2: what's it like for you being part of these fantasy camps
1: you know rock and roll fantasy camp i've done a lot of them and i really enjoy it because it's a real challenge it's something different than what we normally do you know like we normally go on tour we make a record go on tour we rehearse uh... we do interviews we do all that numbers all that stuff and then this is like something else we we go there and like rudy and i and everybody else are counselors and we're assigned a band sometimes i play the drums in the band or rudy will play bass sometimes we don't and the the trick is trying to bring that all these people together some of them are good players some of them are beginners and make it happen and work you got like two days come up with three songs and make it a band and then the last two nights we play at the house of blues uh in vegas this all takes place at the mandalay bay and then uh you know, so it's a real uh challenge to get this together and make it sound great and everybody have a good time and show these guys the way we work as far as in a room in a rehearsal room like a lot of beginner guys don't know that you don't tune the guitar by hitting the strings with the amp on loud You know, you put your tuner on and shut the, put the amp on standby, go to your tuner and tune up, you know, just silly things like that, you know, and uh, they never did it at that level before. And then how we put the songs together, how we rehearse the songs, you know, we take it from halfway through the verse or halfway through the chorus. It makes you think more by doing things like that rather than taking it from the top. So they learn a lot of stuff and then they get to play with whoever the star people are at that camp and the last camp i just did last week was judas priest so we worked up a priest song and then we get up uh after a day and a half we get up with rob halford and the guitar player richie and we played uh uh you got another thing coming and rob's singing with the singer in the band and these they freak out it's like you know we did it with alice cooper roger daltrey uh it's just an amazing experience and the nicest thing about the the whole thing is at the end, a lot of these people that came to the camp kept in touch with me and we became friends and I see them on the road and it and it built a nice friendship and that's happened to a lot of uh, uh, people that come down and camp and uh, counselors and everybody. So it's a cool, really cool, really cool thing. It really is and something different and gives everybody a great experience. So. I'm doing another one in two weeks with Gene Simmons. I go down to Vegas in two weeks to do that too.
2: Would love to be part of one of those in the future. So yeah, hope to be able to make it out there. One of the uh, things that I wanted to bring up since um, Zach was quoted a little while back that for him, Deal fronted Sabbath wasn't Sabbath. Did you hear this quote? And no, what did you think of? It? You didn't. Okay, he he may, he said this to uh, to Eddie Trunk that for him. It was like a completely separate band. That after uh, the last Aussie album, that he just wasn't into it as much. So,
1: oh, well, that just everybody's got an opinion, you know. Yeah. And that's his opinion. Uh, the thing with a Dio fronted Sabbath and an ozzy fronted Sabbath is he's right. It's two different bands. <laughs> it's two different right. sounds. There still maintains the sound. There is a a tie between them. You could hear the sound of of Tony and Geezer's, you know, style and their their personality in there. But the stuff done with Ronnie, and this is with Heaven and Hell album, I'm not even on that. Sounds different than the old Sabbath stuff, you know. There's still a, a tie in there, but uh it became a different band, a little bit more musical. They can play, you know, more challenging stuff than what they did before. And then the stuff with me is the same thing. It's kind of like, you know, the band was able to go a little bit more into unknown territory with the music. Because Ronnie and I are are players. Ronnie's a, you know, really, he's a real musician singer. And Ozzy's a singer frontman. And Ozzy's great. Gio's great. It is two different things. You know, it just happened to have the same name stuff with Ozzy could never be sound like that without Ozzy and all those songs, the way they were written and the vibe and the attitude, man, that's just some sc- cool stuff. And that rock, that was just classic. It's very unusual for a band to be able to have two different lineups and yet be equal, equally as strong musically, but different, you know, same, same with Van Halen with Eddie, with, uh, uh, David Lee Roth, it was a different band. Then they got Sammy, and they became more musical, more mature maybe, more, uh, you know, we can try different things, and, and we got a different kind of singer. So it's a different different band with the same name. So, And some people I meet never heard of the early Sabbath. They started listening to Mob Rules, or they started listening to Heaven and Hell, and they'd only know Sabbath from Dio singing. So it's amazing all the different opinions you get, you know.
2: Right, right, right. Yeah, I got you. Seeing the uh, debacle that's currently going on with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, are you glad that none of that happened with you when Sabbath was inducted?
1: Uh, What's going on with it? I don't even keep track of that stuff.
2: Uh, With with all the, the crap that's going on with Kiss as to who can be inducted, who can't be inducted, and so on and so forth.
1: Oh, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what the hell's going on with that. Um, to me, I don't know. It's like I heard a long time ago that if Black Sabbath's inducted, that means everybody's inducted who played in the band. But that, right. That would be a lot of people for Black Sabbath. <laughs> years. Right. That would take up a lot of room. So I don't know. Uh, you know, it's uh, I don't get into the, the that, that because... This, they, they induct who they want to induct. It's like all oh, the mainstream band it took that long to get black Sabbath inducted. Come on. Yeah. That long to get kiss inducted. That's ridiculous. You know, there's people, mid, there's more middle of the road people in that museum than there are people who started this stuff, you know?
2: Right. And Absolutely. that's
1: ridiculous. I've been there and I, you know, I, I, I there's nothing of mine in there, you know? It's like, okay, <laughs> I've, been, I've had a long career, and I don't see shit in there, you know? Right. And uh, there's a little bit of Ronnie. That's what he deserves, a little fucking, I don't know if I could say that, but that was ridiculous. A little little area of the museum, a, of a window, that's Ronnie? Come on, you know? That, that's not cool. And Sabbath should have been in there years ago. It should have been in there, Zeppelin, the bands that started this stuff, Blue Cheer, all these bands that, that, you know, started it. So they didn't sell a lot of records, but shit. They influenced people to make it all come to where it is, you know, after that. So
2: Yeah how many albums did Patty Smythe sell, you know? I mean it's yeah. it's like saying it's Who's cool to them, and and that's about it, because, as you're saying, Blue Cheer started a lot of this stuff. You got Deep Purple, who isn't in there. And Deep so Purple's on and not so in
1: so there. So. No. Oh, come on. See?
2: Deep Purple come isn't. On. Yes is
1: in. Oh, uh, Jesus. That's ridiculous. That is absolutely <laughs> stupid. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, no, no. I, I, I'm I, right there with you.
1: I mean, those fans, Blue Cheer, Yes, Deep Purple, influenced me as a kid. And I went right. on to do something in the music business, right? Uh, uh that absolutely. counted. And those guys influenced me. And they're not in the rock and roll all of fame. That doesn't make any sense. You know? Right. But, but Patty Smith or something or Yeah. They're in there? Yeah. It, you know, that doesn't make sense. So <laughs> Yeah. Crazy.
2: Last time we spoke, uh, I'd seen the trailer for the Sound City documentary, and I was all excited seeing all these different things and seeing you pop up for a second. I get the documentary, I'm ready to see Vinnie Appice, and you're in there for like about a minute.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was just <laughs> a little like, whoa, that was quick. Yeah, so, you know, uh, it's, I guess, down to, hey, who's more popular, you know?
2: Yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm assuming from what I saw, you did end up recording something, though, with them,
1: didn't you? Yeah, we did a song with Dave Grohl on bass. I played drums, and Warren DeMontini played guitar. And we okay. we did the track. We played live in Dave's studio, which is great. And it was it was great playing with Dave as a bass player. <laughs> you know, looking over and there's. Dave Grohl playing bass with it is it awesome. Right. So we did that, and then Stephen Percy sang on it, but he did that at another time. I wasn't there for that. So, And I haven't heard the track either. I don't know if there's going to be a soundtrack coming out for that or how they're going to market that. But uh, it was really cool. But I'm, I'm happy to be in the movie and be part of something like that. Right. And it was short, but it was nice, you know. It, it was great being – having a memory to that board, you know, that board, we did Holy Diver. We did a lot of stuff on that, on that board. And, and is, you know, there's a real strong bond to that board, you know? So gotcha. I'm I'm okay. just, you know, happy and appreciate being in that movie with uh, and they asked me to do it. So I can't complain. And then at the end, the credits read by alphabetical order and I'm the first one. So I got my, Pay, there you go. I got my payback there. It says starring Phineas <laughs> <laughs> and the, at the end I went, wow! Right after Paul McCartney, I'm on it. So pretty cool. Very cool.
2: Yeah, they actually did put a uh, soundtrack out, but it's, I mean, it's very limited. It's like ten tracks and is that
1: track on there?
2: No, it isn't. Uh-huh. And and that's I was the only reason I bought the soundtrack. I'm like, I I I got to hear this. Yeah, you know, and um. And similar to what you said before, it's more of the, uh, I guess, the more popular acts that had recorded in there uh, made their way onto the soundtrack. Okay. Hopefully, uh, they'll have a part two at some point. We'll be able to hear the track you worked on.
1: Yeah, maybe they will. We'll see.
2: I've seen that there are dates for Drum Wars coming up again. What do you and Carmine have up your sleeve this time? Is there anything new that you guys are going to be doing this time around?
1: Well, we added different songs, you know. We changed the songs around a lot and uh, changed the show around. And uh, we, we wrote a song called Drum Wars that we do in the beginning. It's really cool. And uh, it's just the show's different each time anyway, just for the fact that there's a lot of <clears throat> stuff that's not planned, especially with me. I like to throw wrenching some of the things. Carmen will be talking. I'll do something or I'll play something right off the bat, right off the cuff. So there's always this spontaneity and uh, that's going to happen. And uh, it's a cool show. And we got, uh, you know, a great band. We got a great singer and uh, Jim Green singing. And uh, yeah, so it's kind of a, a, a little bit different than it was on the last couple of tours that we did. But we love doing this show. We love hanging together and we love playing together and kicking each other right in the ass. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. When we when we're we're beat up at after a couple of shows we're beat up we're both like sore after the show because we're beating the shit out of each other. It's awesome.
2: <laughs> so so there's still brotherly competitiveness between the two of you when you get up there.
1: Shit yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. Yeah we 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 push each other. Let's push it that way. And you know we did some shows. Carmen had shoulder surgery. We both had shoulder surgery, but he had recent shoulder surgery and then you know he had to go out we had some drum was dates and you know i i i didn't let up on him either and you know i pushed him <laughs> and he was hurting afterward and you know we both do that i come off and go god damn my arm's killing me you know and uh, it's fun that's the fun part so that's what people want to see you want to see that and it's real it's not any contrived you know nonsense it's it's we're battling when we battle it's for real
2: what else do you have lined up for the rest of the years there anything else that the listeners out there can look forward to
1: well there's a i did a uh, project with uh it's called whammy w-a-m-i w-a-m-i yeah that's it it's called white apathy mendoza and iggy and this is from poland and metal mine productions has put this together i was contacted from them and they said uh we're doing this album. The guitar player is 15 years old. He's now 16 <laughs> years old, Iggy. I said, wow, that sounds interesting. And Marco Mendoza was playing bass, and, and Doogie White was on vocals. Who I love both those guys. And uh, so they sent me some tracks, and it was awesome, man. This kid plays his ass off. You, you would never know who this kid was under 21, let's put it that way, no less 16. Right. Uh, iggy plays his ass on great solos and stuff so they sent me tracks i agreed to do it and i played on most of the whole album there's only one song i didn't play on and uh and then they just sent me like very bare tracks with guitars and uh and no vocals just guitars and some bass so i didn't know what was happening sometimes with the songs but i interpreted it as i can the best i can and then i played uh my i played you know, I tried to play my ass off on it and uh, sent it back, all the tracks. And then I just heard uh, the final mixes and stuff. And it came out great, man. It was a cool album. It kind of sounds like Rainbow and hmm. and a little Zeppelin and uh, Whitesnake and all this stuff. That kid, Iggy, just kicks ass. His solos, everything. He kind of plays across between Randy Rhodes and Eddie Van Halen. The kid's insane. Like when you hear this, you go, wow, that's some good guitar playing. Then great guitar playing. And you, and the songs are are really cool. And, uh, it's just a really cool thing. So that's coming out in May. And then we're going to do some dates uh, toward the end of the year. as long, you know, uh, probably, uh, October, November, you know, and then I'm also doing something with last in line with Vivian Campbell and Jimmy Bain, you know, that too. Yeah. And that, that, That's, uh, you know, the original Dio band, and uh, we're having a great time doing that. So we're writing some songs. We're going to do an album of original material, and uh, we hope to get that finished, uh, you know, by the fall, and then we'll do some dates, and next year, uh, hopefully, we can do some touring. So there's a lot, you know, got a lot of stuff going on, which is cool. I love playing. I've been playing for a long time, and I love playing the drums. And I'm not done yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> just getting started. I just started, yes. <laughs> and I'm not 20 anymore. But I still got the fire in me.
2: Awesome. If people want to keep up with everything that you're doing, what's the best
1: place? Uh, my site, uh Got news up there. And uh, drumwars.com. You can keep up on me and call mine where we are. And uh, that's about it.
2: Excellent. I want to thank you for coming on board once again, Vinny. It's always a pleasure. Uh, We're going to leave the listeners with one of my all-time favorite Sabbath tracks played live. There's just something in your playing in this track that just puts it over the top out of any other rendition of the song. Oh, really? It is
1: Voodoo. And it is off of live evil, ah, good song like I haven't heard live evil in years, I guess I gotta get my turntable out and play that sucker.
2: A Little Voodoo by Black Sabbath. Always, always love that track. Live more so than in the studio. I don't know, it's just got something to it. And it's weird. I had an open door there to ask about Live Evil. And there's been so much commotion over the years about whether that's the reason that Ronnie and Vinny left. But next time, you know, it'll be something else to bring up. Uh, Vinny's a great interview. I love talking to Vinny Apice. I'm not kissing his ass because he's come on the show multiple times. It's just one of those people that you speak to and you're just talking to another person. This is someone that should really you know, have a bug up their ass about people that they've played with. John Lennon he's played with. Sabbath. He's played with Ozzy. He's played with Dio. He's played with countless other amazing people. He was part of the hearing aid uh, project. So, I mean, there are so many people that are smaller, that are less, that are nothing, that are real jerks. And you have someone that could honestly be a jerk and isn't. The guy's the most pleasant person in the world. I've met Carmine, actually. He was great when I met him as well. And I don't know, just just awesome. Absolutely love talking to Vinny and hope to do so again in the future. Uh, when this Whammy project comes out, maybe we'll hook back up with him and and talk about that. So yes, look forward to having Vinny on at some point in the future. Anyway, we're going to leave things for now and hopefully later on this week we'll be back with episode 87 that has Scott from Focus on Metal. But for now, We shall leave you with a track off of the first Kill Devil Hill album, which I think is a great, great track. I always tend to play Voodoo Doll. Excuse me. There there are a lot of tracks that I really dig off of this first album. Uh, But this is the first song to kick things off. I think this track is really, really cool. It is War Machine by Kill Devil Hill. And we'll see you next time right here on the Mars Attacks podcast.
0: Mars Attacks to follow the radio show and podcast like us on Facebook by going to Facebook forward slash Mars Attacks Radio. You'll find us on Twitter also. Follow us at Mars Aries 2005. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or Stitcher or just go to MarsAttacksRadio.com to download or stream episodes. Or you can just go to the homepage of marsattacksradio.com to find out more about the radio show and podcast. This concludes our show.